your Bibles, let's open to the book of Acts this morning. And, uh, we're going to start in the 12th chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 12. We'll start in verse 1. chapter 12 and verse 1. We're going to look at verse 1 through 10 this morning. If you have a say, man, if you don't say, hold on, please. In Acts chapter 12 and verse 1, and the word of the Lord reads, Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread when he had seized him he put him in prison delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people so Peter was kept in the prison but prayer Somebody say, but prayer. But prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. And on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give this time specifically to you, Lord God. Father, anoint me to preach your word to your people today, God. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. 
I thank you, Lord God, that we can have confidence in whatever we ask, that you hear us, Lord Jesus. And we, we pray your perfect will, God, it will be done in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I ask you to forgive us for all of our sins this morning. Just wash us, cleanse us, and cover us in your son's precious blood. As I decrease and you increase in this place today, God, have your way, Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. We need to hear from you today, God, not man, not man's philosophies, but you, the truth. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would give the Lord a hand, praise in this house. Amen. God is good, amen. You know, as we move forward into this service today, the Lord put it on my heart that this time together in worship, in word, this time together today be centered around prayer. And you know, I don't know if some of you knew this, but uh, the president, our president of the United States, amen, and called today. Uh, as a national day of prayer. As a national day of prayer in order to pray for our country, but to pray for Texas and those that have been affected by these various uh, catastrophic events, amen, these hurricanes and other things that are being affected. And so he called for a national day of prayer today. And so I wanted to center this time together and this service around that. And you know what I found really exciting and interesting? You know, we've been communicating with folks uh, all over the world. Communicating with pastors in India and then spending a lot of time communicating with pastors in Pakistan. And we've been ministering there Amen, through video and so forth. And before I even said anything to them, I was speaking to one of the pastors uh, Friday, or actually Saturday morning, and he told me, Pastor, he said, our service this Sunday is going to be dedicated around praying for the United States of America and praying for Texas specifically. And I said, wow. And then there was he they and then even a pastor over in Africa said we're praying for Texas. We're praying for the United States of America. And so that really touched my heart and then it began to push me amen into a direction today to center this service around prayer. And what I want to talk to you about today cuz we've been speaking quite a bit Amen, about uh, church growth and going forward in preparation for what God is doing, amen, and beginning to prepare ourselves and beginning to prepare, amen, the, the, those, the servants and the, the laborers in order to receive, amen, this next season that God is taking us into. And we've been doing preparation in, in so many ways, amen. And just to kind of let you know, we're about to start, uh, all of our classes will begin, amen, starting the, this week and the next. And so starting this Thursday night, uh, we'll be holding the class specifically for uh, media and worship, amen, which is for those that are going to be serving. And we'll get you all a schedule, those of you that are going to be serving in those areas. But, and then we'll be starting our Get Connected class, not this Monday, but next Monday because it's Labor Day. 
And then we'll be getting, beginning to start back in, in our marriage and our relationship class as well as a, our finance class the following Sunday. And so all these things are beginning to start and we're in preparation for that. But, I, I, you know, how many of y'all know whenever God is on the move, when God is uh, taking us to another level, I told I shared this with you earlier, the enemy is right there trying to attack. He's coming and he's trying to attack, amen, and he already knows his destiny, he already knows what his outcome is, and amen, and, and, and there's a place that's prepared for him, amen, it's called Hades, and he knows his time is limited, amen, but he wants to try to hinder the work of God in the midst of that, and especially where God is beginning to do something great, you know, if, if God's not moving, if there's not lives being changed, if there's not souls being saved, if there's not something great that's coming forth, amen, you're not a threat to the enemy and the enemy won't come and attack. But how many of y'all know God is doing something great here? And so in the midst of all of our preparation, in the midst of all of these things that we are getting in place and, and preparing to receive the, the souls that God is going to bring and entrust us with, there's something that we have to begin to learn to do, amen, in the midst of that. And we, we get so busy doing and we get so busy preparing, amen. And then all of a sudden we get blinded side by the side, amen. Are y'all with me today? And so if you'll put it up on the board, I want to talk to you today briefly, saints, about the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church. Because when it comes ready in preparation for everything that we're doing, it's important that we do these things. It's important that we get equipped. It's important that we, amen, hear the word of God. It's important that we fellowship together and break bread together and have fellowship with sincere heart and spend time, amen, keeping, to preserving the unity of, of, the, of the spirit, amen, and the bond of peace and, and getting to know each other. And all these things are really important in order to maintain, amen, what God's doing and, and, and to keep the enemy out. You know, it's like I say, I mean, a family that prays together stays together. A family that fellowships together stays together. You know, the time when the enemy attacks the most is whenever we haven't uh, been spending time together. Are y'all with me today? God is good. And so I want to talk to you today about a very key important thing. And, and we can't forget this because the enemy is real and he is busy, amen? And so I want to talk to you today about the power of a praying church. And you and I are the church. It's not this building. It's not, amen, any building, but it's us, the people, the born-again believers of God that come together, amen, in order to worship one, the one true king. And so when we talk about uh, the power of a praying church, amen, a praying church is a powerful church. And a powerful church is a productive church. And a productive church is a progressive church. In other words, it's moving forward. And a progressive church is a pregnant church with, amen, unlimited potential. 
I want you to know there's unlimited potential about what God can do right here, amen, through Victory Life. The sky is the limit, amen, amen. There's unlimited potential. We have a, a very diverse group of people that come together, amen, that love Jesus, amen, on one mind and one accord, amen, with one spirit, with one body, with one baptism, amen, with one vision to go forward and reach, amen, the nations for Jesus Christ. And we all have specific areas that God has gifted us and we all have specific callings and tasks and a purpose within this body, amen, that makes up the body of Christ, we have different functions, amen, but we're one body. Are y'all with me today? I, don't, I want y'all to see how much potential is really here. The potential is, it's unlimited. The sky is the limit, what we can do for the kingdom of God. But it all starts, saints, with us being a church that is spending time praying personally as well as corporately. You know, when you look at the book of Acts, especially in chapter 6, amen, you begin to see so many times that they're coming together for fellowship, but they're coming together and they're praying together specifically for the various things in their lives. I want us to grab a hold of this because this might be the missing ingredient that is allowing the enemy to begin to come in and begin to hinder and take out, amen, people that are so vital and so crucial in what God's plan for this move of God. Because while we're busy doing this and busy preparing this and busy uh, coming up with this strategy and that strategy, amen, the enemy is still trying to find a way where he can begin to hinder what God is doing. And the only way that we're going to be able to combat that, the only way that we're going to be able to stand against that, first of all, is to spend time together. But in that time together, we're coming together and we are praying together. And we're praying, amen, together for, for God's guidance and his direction and his wisdom and his power. But we're also praying for one another. See, there's power in prayer, and if a church is lacking in an area of prayer, amen, it's lacking in an area of power. And if it's lacking in an area of power, it's lacking in an area of being productive. And if it's lacking in an area of being productive, then it's lacking in an area of being progressive. Hello, somebody. So it all starts back to prayer. We want to be productive. We want to reach our potential. We want, amen, to impact the community. We want to impact the, the city. We want to impact the state. We want to impact the nations. But we, gotta, we can't forget the basics. No prayer, no power. No power, limited potential. Or being productive for that matter. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? So when we look at this, you know, we've been talking a lot about Acts, and we've been talking about the early church, the first generation church, and we want to model ourselves after that church, amen? And I believe we're getting there, and we're working on that, amen? And, and, and God is doing it, and I'm excited, amen, about it, and, but we've got to stay focused, amen? But another key thing about the early church, the first century church, amen, there was a church... That was praying. 
You know, I've shared this before. We were talking about how, the, you know, within one day, 3,000 souls were added. Amen. Within another day, it was 5,000 souls had been added to the kingdom of God. Amen. And although they had met heavy opposition, they followed the mandates of God. And subsequently, God had blessed them. And, and I want you to know this, that a, a church that does not pray forfeits the blessing of power of an almighty God. Because the power is not within ourselves, but the power is within God, amen. He says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. See, I'm telling you right now, I spoke about everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And as the anointing is increasing and as the, as the move of God is beginning to develop, amen, so is the attack of God. And everything will begin to be shaken to a point to where it brings it to its foundation and you've got to figure out what your foundation is built of. You know what you're made of when you begin to go through the fire. You begin to know what you're made of whenever you begin to go, amen, through the storm. When the shaking happens, it brings you to your foundation and the only foundation that can't be shaken is Christ. God is good, amen? So I want to share this with you. If we endure to see this church soar to its highest potential, its highest heights, we must become a praying church. If we want to see lives changed, if we want to see souls saved, we must become a praying church. And if we want to have an impact on this world, we must become a praying church. It's got to happen, saints. God is the one that does it. God is the one that gives us the strength. God is the one that gives us the wisdom. God is the one that gives us the anointing. God is the one that gives us the power. God is the one that gives us the ability. Amen. And we've got to begin to pray. God is good. Amen. The Lord is so good. There's real power in a praying church. Now, I want to look real quick at this scripture in this text, and I'll look at verse 1 in chapter 12, and here we are, Peter. It was beginning to make a great impact, but we begin to see it at a point here. Look at verse 1. He says, if you'll put it up there. Now, about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. On. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now I want you to look here for just a moment. Here we are, the church is beginning to go forward, amen. They're having great results. And all of a sudden, here we are, the, 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 the king begins to come in. And he begins to, he, he kills uh, James, right? And then he begins to try to incarcerate Peter. And then he saw, whenever, after he killed uh, James, and he, he saw that the Jews were, were, did like this. And so he came to come after Peter and, and try to lock him up. How many of y'all know that not everybody around you 
And not everybody in this world wants, amen, this church to go forward. How many of y'all know not even, not even everybody, amen, in Christianity wants the church to go forward? Are y'all with me here? We see that Herod Agrippa, he was, amen, the first, uh, the grandson of Herod the Great, right? He had vexed the church and he had killed James, the brother of John, with his sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he stretched forth his hand against Peter. And Peter was the leader of the church. See, there's those who do not want to see the church progress. And they'll do whatever they can to hinder the agenda of the church. And that's why it's imperative that the church stays in constant prayer. It's sad to say, but there's those that don't want to see the church move forward. There's some that don't want to see the kingdom of God move forward. There's some that don't want to see it. Amen. Here you are, this is happening, and, and, and amen, and, and that, that blows my mind. The king kills him, he saw that the Jews liked it, and then he begins to even proceed even more. So we ask ourselves today, are we one that wants to see this thing go forward? Are we one that wants to see, amen, the move of God stopped? Are we doing what it takes in order for this thing to go forward? Are we doing things that are contrary, amen, that are beginning to hinder the move of God? See, the Bible says that there's sheep and there's goats. The Bible says that there's wheat and there's tares. So we have to ask ourselves and examine ourselves first of all, right? Paul says examine yourself to see that you're in the faith. We have to examine ourselves to see what we're doing. Is it productive for the progression of the body of Christ? Is what we're doing and saying, what we're saying, is it progressive for the body of Christ? Is what we're posting on Facebook or what we're talking about behind closed doors, is it progressive for the body of Christ or is it tearing it down? Because God's trying to go somewhere right now. And not everybody wants it to happen. Somebody said, there's a real enemy. Somebody said, don't let him use you. He's just looking for someone he can use. He said, the Jews, they liked it when he killed James. That's twisted. The Jews were known as God's people. And here it is, the king is, you know, he's being driven off of these people and their reaction. God is good, amen? Somebody say, we got to be praying. And then, of course, what happens? Then they go after the very leader, Peter, Pastor Peter, amen, who was the leader of this movement at this point in time. And they go directly for him, and they try to lock him up, and they succeed. So Peter's arrested. He's incarcerated, amen. 
Because Herod believed that if we kill the head of the church, then the body would soon perish. And don't you know that that mentality exists today? But unknown to Herod, God had other plans. Are y'all with me today? Isn't it good to know that God's got some other plans? See, I like the fact that God can turn dead ends into detours. Come on, somebody. God can turn a situation that looks really bad and it looks really uh, impossible and it looks like, oh, it's over, it's ruined, it's demolished. And he can take it and detour it, amen, hello somebody, in a direction that he needs it to go. See, somebody needs to get excited right now. Because otherwise, if we begin to see things that begin to happen, or we begin to see people that, amen, begin to fall, or we begin to see people that, amen, begin to walk out of the will of God, or we begin to see, amen, churches that divide, and we begin to see these things that happen, and we can get real, amen, we can get, get, get real uh, discouraged. They can get real discouraged knowing that Peter, amen, is it their leader, the one that was preaching those messages that was piercing their hearts, amen, that was saving those souls, amen. Come on, somebody, that they, they, he went for the leader and he, and he was incarcerated. They could have got real discouraged right there. Somebody say, don't be discouraged. See, sometimes we got to learn how to begin to encourage ourselves. Come on, somebody. We've got to begin to learn how to stir it up in our lives. we got to learn how to get in the Holy Ghost, amen, and let God encourage us in these times because, amen, what may be a dead end, appear to be a dead end is really just a detour. And that's why you've got to begin to be able to see spiritually, and the only way you can do that is if you are seeking the face of God. Because his ways are not our ways and our ways are not his ways. Amen. And we can walk around and get real frustrated and discouraged. Amen. And overwhelmed. But we can say, it is well with my soul. Amen. Today, the Lord's got it in control. Amen. It may not be how we want it to be right now. But God's going to begin to work it out. Amen. He's just taking us on a detour. Amen. He's going to, oh my gosh. Somebody say, don't despise the detour. But we've got to be praying. We've got to be on guard. We've got to be hearing the voice of God. Are y'all with me today? Here they are. They lock up the man of God. They lock up their pastor. Thinking that the, it would shut everything down and the, and the body would perish. Amen. You know, God's the only one that could take what looks like the end of the road and turn it into a bend in the road. God is bigger than our situations. He's bigger than our circumstances. He's bigger than any prisons. He's bigger than any jail cell. Amen. And he's bigger than our chains. And so here we are. Herod had ordered 16 guards to watch Peter. 16 guards. And the text says that while Peter was asleep in the prison, the church collectively held a prayer meeting. Praying to God on Peter's behalf. How many of y'all know you ought to be praying for each other? 
How many of you know we ought to be coming together lifting up each other? We ought to be coming together with a time of prayer together. Amen. We see somebody struggling. We see somebody hindered. We see something going forth. We need to begin to come together as a church. Amen. And grab hands. And we need to begin to lift each other up. Amen. We need to begin to lift those people up. They begin to see that he was locked up and instead of saying, oh man, it's over, amen, we're done. They begin to come together and they had a, a prayer meeting because they knew who their God was, amen. They weren't focused on whether Peter, Peter was the one that was gonna be able to do it, but they knew God could do it. They went to the very source, amen. They knew Peter wasn't their God. They knew Jesus was their God, amen. And they knew that if they could get to God, that God could change things around. And so here he is in the jail cell, and they're holding a prayer meeting. Now, I'm, I, now, this is a physical jail cell, but how about if we have one of our brothers or sisters or one of our leaders, amen, that might be in a jail cell of life, amen. Maybe they're bound up by something. Maybe they got caught up in something, amen, that's getting them off guard, off, off track a little bit, amen. Maybe they're in bound by chains, amen, of some kind of a, addiction or, or something like that or a mindset, or a stronghold, whatever the enemy's attack is, and we come together and we begin to pray and believe God, amen, as a church collectively, and we begin to watch God move and begin to break the chains right up off their life so that they can go forward for the kingdom of God. Look at the way they responded. When we, next time we hear about our brother and sister struggling, Let's grab hands and let's begin to go to God and lift them up. Come on, I'm, I'm trying to preach to myself this morning too. Your leaders and your pastors and everybody, they need the most prayer. I've said this before, don't put your pastor on a pedestal, put him on a prayer list. Because if you put him on a pedestal, you're going to be let down. But if you put him on a prayer list, he's going to be lifted up. I'm the first to admit we need prayer. Because the enemy knows if he can take out those that are up front in leadership or whatever, he can hinder the move of God. He already knows what his destiny is. But he knows if he can hinder, because there's souls that are being saved. There's lives that are being changed. So they prayed intensely, and they prayed earnestly, and they prayed without ceasing. Amen? And it, and, but I want you to realize something. It's, it's fine to pray at home alone, but every now and then we ought to assemble ourselves together as a collective body and offer prayer to God. Amen? And that's some one thing that we're going to do here today. We're going to begin to come together collectively, amen, and we're going to begin to pray for various things. We're going to begin to pray for this church. We're going to begin to pray for other churches. We're going to begin to pray for the body of Christ. We're going to begin to pray for those that need. We're going to begin to pray for the victims of these hurricanes. We're going to begin to pray for these things for our state, for our nation, for our country, for our government, for our president. We're going to begin to pray for them today in Jesus' name, amen. God is good, amen. And where there's much prayer, there's much power. 
See, I want you to look at this because the church here in the book of Acts, they prayed and they kept on praying and, until God dispatched an angel. Look at that. And when he saw that it pleased the Lord Jews, can you go to the next verse? Let me, let me skip that. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. Next. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made, look at that, fervently by the church of God. Now the Bible says this, that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it goes on to say, and on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. His chains fell off his God is good, amen. See, the church had prayed until God dispatched an angel to rescue Peter. In other words, while they were trying to figure it out, God was already working it out. How many of y'all know God works the night shift? Somebody say, God works the night shift. In fact, God works all shifts. Hello, somebody. Psalms 121 and 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And Herod plotted his death, right? But God plotted his deliverance. And Herod made him a captive, but God made him a conqueror. And Herod held him in prison, but God sent him to the prayer meeting. Are y'all with me? He sent him to the prayer meeting. Keep going. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. He thought it was a dream. He said, I must be dreaming. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Go to the next verse. And when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Keep going. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. Look at this. The mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. We need to begin to pray for some people that we know God is called to be a part of this movement. Look at that. Look at what happened right there. He was in the jail cell. He was in bondage. He was in chains. 
Amen. And they came together by faith and fervently began to pray without ceasing all the way until God moved and God sent that angel. They didn't stop until God began to bring the deliverance. Amen. They didn't stop. Amen. Until, oh my Lord, until it began to happen. And, and then God came and sent the angel and, and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? What happened? What did God do? What did the angel do? He led Peter right to the place where they were praying for him. Brought him right back to the house of God. Brought him right back to where he was supposed to be, amen, with his flock, with his people, with, you know what I'm saying, with his brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. I'm here to tell you there's power in prayer, amen. There's power in a church that is praying. We've got to get together and pray, amen. The devil's not playing fair right now. The devil, amen, he's pulling out all the stops, amen. He's trying to do everything, and we can be getting ready with all of our, all of our programs, and we can be getting ready with all of, our, all of our different areas, amen. But we've got to begin to forget not to pray, and we've got to do it together. Amen. Because the greater the anointing and the greater the move of God, the more the devil attacks. And right now we're preaching and there's being people healed and saved all over this world. You know, I was talking to the pastors over there in Pakistan. Amen. And. You know, we're targeting, there's eight cities that we're targeting, but there's four that we're going to target at first. And our goal is to open up four churches in those areas. And the pastors are already there, ready to open it up. Amen. We're just waiting for God to move. And right now they're just going to those cities and they're having these prayer meetings. And God's healing these people. And he's delivering these people. And he's doing these miracles. And, amen. And, they're gonna, and then we're going to come together and have this crusade where all those cities are going to be gathered together. And they're going to worship. And they're going to praise. And we're going to pray. And God's going to move and heal. And, amen. And we're going to feed them food afterwards. And then they're going to go and tell those other people. Amen. And then we're going to settle churches, amen, right there. And the pastors want it to be Victory Life Churches, amen. They want to call it. They're making the banner right now, amen, Victory Life Churches in Pakistan. In these cities. You know the devil's mad right now. Not to mention what he's doing right here. There's people being healed and delivered right here. There's people being set free right here. There's people being raised up to answer the call of God right here. Amen. You think the enemy's not mad? He's mad. Amen. And so we got to, as we're preparing, as we're going forward, as we're getting ready, amen, to reach our potential, we've got to begin to stay on guard and we've got to begin to pray. And when we see somebody under attack, we've got to begin to come together and lift them up. The next time we see somebody struggling, I don't care who you are. It's not the pastor's job only. You might have to tell me. Let's just grab hands right there, man, and let's begin to lift them up. And if we're lifting them up, then we, we won't be talking down about them. That's why the Bible says pray for those, amen, that uh, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you, man. He didn't say talk bad about them and curse them and stuff. He said pray for them because God will change your heart towards them. He's done it for me. He did it for me when the neighbors were coming against us. And, you know, threatening us and attacking my family and everything else, you know. And what do we do? We pray for them, man. And God changed our heart towards them. We just keep coals on their head. Bless them with breakfast and bless them with 
the, the, the donation food coming in. Not the garbage, the good stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Give them the good stuff. And then before you know it, their daughter shows up at church. And they're still talking bad about us, but their daughters come to church. And if they didn't have so much pride, they'd be at church. God is good, amen? So here we are, we're looking at this as we, the church came together with one purpose on one accord, and that was, amen, prayer. They weren't there to have a business meeting, but they were there to pray. Amen. They weren't there to discuss who would be president of this or that, but they prayed. Amen. You know, and even though this church was paralyzed in their position, in other words, they were helpless physically, but they weren't helpless spiritually. And sometimes we can't help what's going on. We, we can't do anything to fix it ourselves. We want to fix it so bad. We want to just, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, it's like we just want to take people and shake them. Get it, please. If you only knew what God's trying to do, come on. God's trying to bless you. He's trying to take you somewhere. My God, you and your whole household. He's trying to, oh, my Lord. If we don't we want to shake them, let's shake them. But that, we can't do that sometimes. We, but we can pray because we're not paralyzed spiritually. The Bible teaches in Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Romans 8 and 31 teaches, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so these church, first generation church, they were persistent and they prayed for results. Somebody said we got to be persistent and we got to pray for results. And here we are, the next day, they gathered together for a special prayer meeting. They were to pray for rain. And they assembled together, and they noticed that, amen. God is good, amen. And here we are, Peter makes his way past the guards, and the iron gate swung wide open. All by itself. Amen. Somebody say God's going to do it. God's predestined blessings for us. But he's waiting for people to come out to a prayer meeting. Amen. And God will do some stuff for us collectively that he won't do for us individually. And I want to share a few more things. First of all, I want you to know that prayer can inspire the discouraged. It can uphold the weak. It can assure the frustrated. It can bless the burdened. 
It can provide help for the hurting. It can provide freedom for the fugitive. It can provide rest for the weary. It can provide redemption for the rebellious. And it can reclaim the wayward. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And just a little while we're going to pray and I'm going to have these individuals come forward and pray. You know, I want you to know something. Have you all ever read in the book of Nehemiah? One thing about Nehemiah is he had to learn to fight while he built. See, you can't just build and not expect to have to fight. They had a hammer in one hand and a weapon in the other. Now, that's in a physical sense. I wanted to tell you in a spiritual sense. And one thing, Nehemiah, he grabbed a hold of this, amen. Because the king was coming against, amen, what was happening there. But Nehemiah knew if he could get to God through prayer, that God could change that situation. There's things that only God can do. There's things that it wouldn't matter what words we shared. It wouldn't matter what we said. Only God can do it. Come on, stand to your feet. Proverbs 21 and 1 says this, The king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. And this means that the heart of the king, where all decisions are made, is in the hands of God. Proverbs 21 and 1 says, He causes it to bend and incline in whatever direction He pleases. In other words, He turns it wherever He wishes. And Nehemiah understood that God was the only one who could touch the heart of the king to give him leave to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And I'm here to tell you today that God is the only one that can touch the heart of the people. God's trying to do something big. But it's going to take us praying. We've got to be a praying church. We've got to pray. I firmly believe a family that prays together stays together. So after this, we're going to worship real quick. If you need prayer, you come to this altar. And then after that, I'm going to have some people pray before we close. And you just go to God. Let him minister to you this morning. Father, I just pray blessings over these people today, God. Father, just meet every need that they have this morning. Lord, let us become a church that is praying in the power of the Holy Ghost. Let us become a church, God, that is powerful, that is productive, that is progressive, that is pregnant with unlimited potential because the saints, the potential is unlimited. The sky's the limit, amen. There's, the potential is unlimited. We've just got to tap into it. We've got to hear God. We've got to be on guard. We've got to fight as we build, amen. We've got to stand firm, amen. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the King this morning.
If you need prayer, just come forward and we'll pray for you this morning. God bless you.